0: Jesus. Yeah, I'm good. I love you. Thank you for blessing me with life today and every day and the world. Thank you. Oh, we're do. Oh, I love that guy. We're doing all three? Do we have the time? I. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to doubt you. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. Talk to you later.
1: Okay. We're doing all three. That's my
0: type of party. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Welcome one. to another episode. Wait, which camera am I looking at? This one? <laughs> yes. Welcome to another episode of not horrible decisions, but almost <laughs> um, uh, Bible stories with me, Brianda. Brianda joining me is number one whore herself. Ah, is it the wrong program for that?
1: <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Wheezy. I'm Brianda's producer and devil
0: on her shoulder. And devil she is. Now, today we're talking about the one, the only. Like if Jesus is Beyoncé, this is for sure, Kelly. <laughs> Abraham. The Abraham. Abraham, father of the covenant, father of all nations, father of the Jews. Hey now. Oh, <laughs> Wheezy isn't, she's fixing the camera. Wheezy, get on camera. Father. Hi. of the juice <laughs> um uh, but she's here yeah she's right here um but before we dive into uh back into the book of genesis i wanted to briefly explain why we spliced job in between our genesis in the old testament stories real quick the reason why we put job there and i love the story of job i hope you guys enjoyed that episode is because the bible as it is is not laid out, it's not presented in the chronological order in which it was written. Uh, so, in actuality, Job happened sometime after the flood with Noah and before Abraham. So, that's why I decided to put it where I did. Also, to spice things up a bit, you know what I'm saying? I don't like to do what everyone else does, obviously. Oh, uh, you don't? <laughs> Um so uh let's the first th- first things first let's talk about who Abraham is exactly and why he's so important. So Abraham is directly related to Noah through Shem, Noah's son. Uh in anyone that's important in the story of Abraham to David to Christ. They all have that same line. That's where God's promises start and end. It's like that same line. That family origination is super important in all of these biblical stories. So it's going to seem like it's getting old, but if I repeat myself, it's because it's important. So the the story of Abraham, the story of Abraham starts at Genesis 12 the last paragraph of Genesis 11 into Genesis 12. And the episode for today is going to be through Genesis 12 to 17, if you guys want to read along or follow along with us. In the Bible, Abraham is actually known as Abram to start. So for the first three chapters, he's known as Abram. For the sake of not confusing, wheezy, no, and all of us. I'm just gonna call him Abraham. But just know that he was referred as Abram. Same with his wife, Sarah. In the beginning, she was known as Sarai until God changes their name at the covenant, which we'll get to in a moment. I think I got a Jewish cousin named Sarai. You know what? Mazel. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, so uh, I what I what this I remember when I first started reading the Bible. Something that um, helped me understand the history was basic small little facts on the timeline. From Adam to Abraham is two thousand years. The story of Abraham starts three hundred years after the flood. Actually, Abraham lived with Noah for just around 30 years too, which I had no idea about, but I thought it was so cool. I had no idea he was so, he had conversations with Noah. Major! Anyways, the reason why we say like Abraham's covenant, God's covenant with Abraham is because you guessed it. He started a covenant with Abraham um, at his call. It was called like the call, like Abraham's call. So us Christians, Weezy, we all have like a call. Um, It it refers to the first time that we had an experience, like a real life experience with Christ. Oh, with Christ. What did you think I was talking about? Have you had an experience with any God? No Um, judgment, no judgment.
1: Have I had an experience with any God? Yeah, like
0: have you ever had an experience like that felt like out of body? I mean- Oh my god, yeah, like with mushrooms all the time. Talk about it. My first time, I the first experience I ever had uh, with God was reading the Book of John on acid. I told you this. I think I said it on an episode of Horrible Decisions, and it was transformative. And I'm not saying that you need to do acid to feel these things. In fact, I haven't done a psychedelic in a while now, and I'm feeling comparable sensations just by praying. How neat, right? I mean, you really feel God's presence, even if they're not as amplified as a psychedelic experience. It could be something as easy as a a warm thank you at a Starbucks. You know, that was corny, but I mean that.
1: Um, Good for you, because I like a warm <laughs> thank you right after.
0: Let's get back to Okay. Look, wheezy, the call, the call. <laughs> so God calls on Abraham. <laughs> and let me get the direct quote from scripture. <laughs> so I, at Genesis 12, verse 2, God says to Abram, Abraham, for now for us, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, you guys know, I'm a Christian woman, loud and proud. Sure, I'm progressive, radical, unconventional, I get it, but I am. When I read that, I and I'm sure I speak for many Christians when we say, when we read that, that is kind of like a prophecy it's uh, god's prophesying what would later happen with jesus christ now if that's too jesusy for you what god is telling abraham there when he says i will bless you and all that come after you let's break it down a bit remove the religious connotations to it he's saying that i mean in my interpretation right i'm not a pastor i'm not a, I'm not a theologian i'm not a biblical scholar but but you be knowing i do i mean i've been thinking about this stuff a lot because it's really fun for me um, in that line, in that line, when he says you, uh, I, um, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. In a sense, he's, uh, God is conveying to Abram just how, uh, um, just how much like this isn't about him. Peoples on earth will bless through you. The people will be blessed through you. Like he's, it's putting emphasis on those that come after almost like, this has so little to do with Abraham and so much to do about what he does and what happens after. Like we're so small. We are such a microscopic minuscule component to this vast, amazing, beautiful life. And uh, that, I mean, that's how I perceived it before I, you know, started getting all churchy. Um, and I, I, I think the reason why God decided to choose Abram, and I mean, this is just me, you know, my interpretation, uh, is because Abraham was blameless and righteous and God felt, knew his heart, you know? And it, it's basically like Abraham did whatever God told him to do. God said, jump. Abraham said, how high? Like anyone who does that <laughs> in Christ, in, 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 when it comes to God, God sees that and it's like, oh I love that and for christians or any believer right being obedient isn't a job being obedient is brings us joy because wherever god is is where the joy is that sounds super like hippy dippy and i know but it's just it's just that's the the only way the words can translate to what i feel like when i know that i've done something that that feels right to me that's how i know oh okay god's winking at me like you go girl and I love it, you know. You think God be winking at you like that. Honestly, yeah, I have a real relationship with God. Like, I I, it's some homegirl
1: shit. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no,
0: no. That much, no. It's definitely more of like um, a parent, but more like ooh, gives me the chills. Like, even doing this. Even, can I be honest with you? Hi, Tangi for the show. Like, even having the phone and doing some satirical stuff that we're doing here, Weezy. I pray every night. Like, God, I hope I'm not taking it too far. Like, the you know, the reason why I'm doing this is so that, like, we show to people just how approachable having a relationship with something outside of ourselves is. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, people to, I don't want to mislead people into thinking that I, I'm i not serious about my beliefs and I don't have reverence for my father because I very much do. Uh, but I, I I just know that this is a temporary. Like You know how Charlamagne at the beginning, Charlo was like this, like, brash, asshole, like, that wasn't who he really was. I feel like he was doing that in a moment to uh, acquire an audience, perhaps, to push something along. But that wasn't who he really was. Mm. And not, not saying that I'm not a silly girl. I am. But I don't be talking to Jesus like, hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. No, it's not like that for me. But for the sh- I know how, I, I just, I can't tell you why I know this. But something in me tells me that this show is so much, it could do some things for a lot of people.
1: I don't want to freak you out. What? <laughs> but... I feel like ever since I started doing this show, I have so many interactions with people that want to talk about God with me. Mm. So I'm in an Uber yesterday, just shipping some boxes Um, It's a Muslim guy, and he just tells me how nice of a girl I am. So I'm like, oh, he flirting with me. (laughs) (laughs) But then he was like, you know, I just feel it. Like, you got in the car. You're just making me happy. I wasn't even talking to him. I said, well, the sun is out, okay? The sun is out. It's not me. And he's like, no, maybe... Maybe it's just, you know, uh, I'm one of God's chosen ones, so you probably are too. Wow. I was like, you know, I don't really you know believe in God. I know there's a higher power. And he was like, well, maybe you think it's nature. Or maybe you think it's something else. He's like, but you got to go in a corner. You got to purify yourself before you talk to him. And you're going to get close to him. And even if you don't think it's him, whatever you think it is, you're just going to have this relationship. And you're going to understand why people are drawn to you. So. Did I join
0: his cult? <laughs> <laughs> um, can we like, I don't know, WhatsApp exchange? I don't know. I
1: honestly was like, he's, he's trying to pull me in. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I was appreciative of it. And I think um, it's interesting. Sometimes I just think I'm a person that has high vibrations and, you know, tries to elevate on a certain frequency.
0: But some other people find that it's God. So I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the Brianda. No, I think it's not. It has nothing to do with me. I have nothing to do with it, nothing I really don't i, I believe that like mm. i I know that it's all it's all God and it's not an accident that you were taken by me when we met randomly at some seminar where there were I don't even know how many people there you know what I mean market, <laughs> but you know like I don't know i I just when you when you have a when you know certain things when you have a relationship with with something bigger when you're hyper spiritual if you will I don't know yeah uh you start not calling things coincidences and you kind of start just writing it out, you know, like, Oh, okay. I get it. I,
1: I got to take her back to the sex club. Y'all No,
0: <laughs> please. No. So let me get, let me uh, move the, push the story along. I heard mad listeners are saying that my episodes are too short. I don't think this one's going to be that. Sorry about Noah, but this one is going to be a little lengthy for the people who wanted a little longer of an episode. Um, I wanted to uh, uh, talk about specifically what God wanted from, what God required from Abraham at that initial call. God told him, listen, all of the nation of Canaan will be yours. You just have to go there. I need you to leave here. And I need you, where, where were they? I freaking forget, like Bethel, I believe. And I need you to go to Canaan. Now, if you guys remember from previous episodes, Canaan was a nation that was wickedly and where there were worship idlers and anti-God's divine law, anti-God's divine order. And uh so when when God heard when Abraham pardoned, when Abraham heard God say, go to Canaan, he was scared. He was like, Wait, what? Did I hear that right? You said you want me to go to Canaan? And God said, Yes. Despite his fears, he went and did it. You know, so he goes to Canaan, and with his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot. Well, we we will hear more about Lot in a later episode Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, he so in Canaan, they, can, the actual the entire nation of Canaan experiences a huge famine. So it's kind of funny because after the second, like he gets there. Abraham gets there. There's a famine and he's like, "Uh, God, did you like what? He leaves <laughs> and then he goes to Egypt. But I wanted to talk about this, too, because I think it's kind of cool. Like the idea that God wanted me to do something, wanted me to go to Canaan. And eventually Canaan does because become his because, hello, Abraham becomes a father of all nations of Israel. This is kind of cool because he knows that God's vision is Canaan. But because of the famine, he needs to think of a plan B temporarily. And in life, we kind of all have these plan Bs, right? Uh, For example, anecdotally, like I bartended and waitressed in clubs and bars in New York City. I was just telling Val, my girl, shout out to Makeup. Val Does Makeup, is that your Instagram? Oh, wow. Cut! Uh, My girl, Val Does Makeup on Instagram. Uh, I was just telling her, we waitress together we know how it is it's vile in there I mean I did a lot of dirty things in there and every single shift I would work this is before I was a Christian I just would feel something inside of me like outside of the fact that I wanted to be on TV I wanted to be a star and shit right? Um, What? What Weezy?
1: I mean I hate to ask but I feel like the people want to know what kind of dirty things you did in there?
0: <laughs> Wheezy. Val don't say anything um actually I don't care I'll say it it, because in hopes that it'll like tell you I'm not perfect you guys keep asking me to pray for your cats and shit and I'm like I'll do it but I'm really not like I'm not Mother Teresa uh so in New York City working at these bars clubs for eight years I I mean wasted on the bar dancing on the bar had people lick whipped cream off my breasts I've had sex like the nipple no, not that just far. the top, just the top. Um, sex and bathrooms, just like those things that are so, I don't even yeah. want to, I don't even, I know. I don't even want to talk about it like in depth because I won't, because I'm trying to find my future husband. Uh, but you these, might see in the YouTube comments. I know. Hopefully. I don't know if you're hot and over six feet. Call me. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is when Abraham went to Canaan and he realized that there was a famine, he knew that there was, Oh, this couldn't have been the plan let me go to let, let me go to Egypt. I know that I'll come back here eventually. In my eyes I said, "Okay, you know what? I don't I know that I don't like being here at this bar. I know that I don't want to I know that I don't want this hairy balding man to lick whipped cream from my breasts. But I know that I have to do it because I have to make New York City rent at the moment, unfortunately. And I know it's going to come to an end, and I have not bartended or waitressed in a very long time. Thank you Jesus, right? I just knew that it was a part of a plan, not the plan for me. So that was a little small little pen, little tangy. So now we're in Egypt. We've got Abraham, Sarah, and Lot, and their donkeys and stuff. Because Abraham was loaded; he was rich. I'm talking about Rick Ross, rich. Had mad stuff like his donkeys had were carrying all the gold and stuff and the wine and whatever. Them donkeys was like, "This is heavy. What do we do?" His ass got some gold on it. Yeah, like it was rich, right? On the way to Egypt. Abraham goes to Sarah and he goes, listen, we are loaded. We got Rolexes in the back in the coop, the donkey. We got mass stuff. The second we get into Egypt, they're going to want to sleep with you. But not just because he was rich, but because Sarah was so damn hot. She was so hot. He was rich. There's too much going on here. Too flashy, too busy. What did she look like? Okay, that's a very good question, because Sarah at this time was 65, Abraham was 75, around that age. All right, never mind, I'm good. No, 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 she, but she was still so hot. Throughout Genesis and other stories, everyone wants to sleep with Sarah, and I'm like, what is she giving? I'm talking about, I mean, uh, uh, we got Michelle Obama, over 50 hot, J-Lo hot. Uh, I don't Kate... know about over 65. Yeah, what's over 65? I'm just thinking over 50. Her mom's pretty hot. She's Your 50. mom is hot.
1: Over uh, sixty-five attractive women.
0: That was Sarah. Yeah. Oh, G- wow. Give us a few. That's coming up. Can oh, um, what's that white woman who always plays the queen? Uh, Helen Mirren. I almost said Jane Fonda. <laughs> but that's that's Sarah. Give us, give us, give us one or two.
1: <clears throat> like honestly, Brianda.
0: None. Oh, okay.
1: They're aging like raisins, and they're being nice about it. <laughs> Or Jane Seymour. Okay, she's attractive. Jane
0: Seymour. Well, needless to say, that they, it, she was very. She had to have been attractive if she was. Retail gaining.
1: Welsh. I mean, you know, they're really picking from the weeds. Here. Oh my God.
0: Okay, so we're, we're we're it's tough. It's tough out here, especially for women. Like older men get all the love, and women don't. It's so annoying. There have, are no black or
1: Latina women on this list, or even Asian women. And I just have to say, if anybody's gonna look over sixty-five and be like hot. Susan Sarandon is on this list. Oh, honey, you know this is a mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is I. Right. She's good. She got great breasts. I, I don't want to say tits anymore. I'm going to start saying breasts. Iman, <laughs> nice. the model. Gorgeous. Naomi, can't, oh, Naomi's not 60. Yeah. Well, anyway, in any case, so they get to Egypt and he says, listen, because you're hot, because we're rich, it's going to be a bad vibe. You need to tell them in Egypt, anyone in Egypt, that you're my sister. Just, if they don't, they'll kill me. If they know that you're my wife, they'll get rid of me. They'll be like, who is this rich guy with this hot-ass girl? Oh, bye. So she said, you know what? I'm going to do that. Lo and behold, they get to Egypt, and guess what? The pharaoh, Wheezy, the pharaoh looks at Sarah and says, Ew! what's good with you? That's what he said. That's what he said. Dude. And of course, like clockwork... Sarah goes, uh, um, we just came here from another place and I'm with my brother. I don't know if she had that accent, but... The name is what? <laughs> my, his name is, um, Abram? <laughs> 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 um and the pharaoh was like all right let's get it bye bro and then like he sold him off and then we well, want to know something abraham abram at the time got a bunch of stuff like after after she left the guys gave him like more stuff like donkeys and and tools and stuff and i'm like did you just pimp your wife off i don't know and that may be just me like over interpreting you know what i'm saying like i said i'm not a biblical scholar i'm just a clown on the internet but that, that, I, I read that in preparation for today. Like, huh, that's interesting. You, you got all these toys. Anywho, so now we're in Egypt. Guess what? God knows that this is not a part of the major plan. And this isn't like moving from Canaan to Egypt. God knows. God understands when you make shifts like that. God is merciful. God is sovereign. And God understands to a certain extent when you give away your wife, the person that's supposed to create the offspring of the spawn that I just told you about, the promise, the covenant that we just talked about, literally the chapter before, he was like, no, no. So God puts a huge plague over Egypt. And the Pharaoh's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And he later finds out from one of the seers or whatever. So they say that, yo, it's that new trick you just brought in. She, she ain't that's single. Trick. She ain't single. She lied to you. And the Pharaoh goes to Abram. What? Why would you give me your wife? Look at what God has done. You can't mess with God like that. That that's what the Pharaoh's saying. Mind you. Maybe and the,
1: they were swingers though, B. Like maybe they like to get it in. Listen, and
0: I'm sure the Pharaoh would have been down and down and jiggy with it, but not in this case, because God is doing all these things to his kingdom. So he said, You ain't worth it. Sarah, you hot. You not that hot. Bye. Like, we don't want this. And also in that in that sense, it shows just how flawed Abram is Mm -hmm. and how righteous kind of this, this Pharaoh was because at face value, you would think that the Pharaoh would be the one to do naughty things, but it's so funny role reversal. Who's the villain and who's the hero. It shows that the, that the Pharaoh in that moment was a little more blameless than Abram. So now they leave Egypt. Um, We've got Sarah again. We've got uh, Abraham and we've got Lot they go off, and Lot and Abraham, because they're so poppin' and resourceful, they become even more rich. Anywhere they go, they get it popping. I think they're just touched. They just know what they do. Abraham goes to Lot, and he goes, listen, we gotta separate. We got, we're too icy together. You gotta go one way, I gotta go the other. So Lot, because, because Lot is younger, Abraham says, you pick where you wanna go, and then I'll go the opposite way. So Lot goes, oh, you know what? Without even batting an eye, he goes, I go to Sodom because Sodom was very, very fruitful, great land, but it was around a lot of wickedness. Wait for the next episode. Ding! During this time, while while Abraham and Lot are separated, war a war between the nations ensues. Don't ask me which nations, because I can't pronounce them. But it can be found in Genesis 14 if you want to read it. And Abraham has a squad of 318 people. He finds out that in this war, his... Nephew Lot is taken, and he goes, oh, hell no. I'm going in with my crew. Abraham kills all of them. He is a victor. He handles, he bodies all of them, takes Lot back, bada bing, he's fine. Then people start looking at Abraham like, oh, no, that guy's different. Like, even the king of Sodom was like, here, you can have, like, all this other stuff. Like, nah, you did that, right? Here we go. Abraham has showed himself to be a victor. He's showed himself to be brave. He's showed himself to be tactful, a leader. All this stuff but he still ain't got no kids. Sarah was still years after. It's like 20 30 years after we from the beginning of the call and he and Sarah still hasn't given him a son.
1: But you did say she was 65 at the time so that would make her 90.
0: This is true. Yes, uh she was like around 80 and stuff. The, it's it's wild, but here's the thing. God doesn't know limitations. Like when we when we doubt, God laughs. It's like what doubt what so he doesn't have hard limits. <laughs> no, uh, no. His credit card has no limit. It, he laughs. He's like, he's all knowing, omnipresent, like the baddest. Like, what do we, it, 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 when we doubt it only show, it re- reveals our hearts to him, but and he knows that he can do anything. So when he says that Sarah is going to bear, uh, going to give birth to Abraham's son, it's going to happen. We don't know when but we can rest assured, if God made a promise to you, it's going to happen. It's quite simple as that. It's like people who know that they're meant to do something, that's the same thing. That, That thing inside of you that's like, I didn't see it in writing, no one sang it to me in a song, but I know. It's that feeling, that's God. Anywho, so now we get to the covenant. The covenant, the most important part. The covenant of Abram. And it is what this. What is the
1: covenant? I feel like it could be a dirty word.
0: um, Or a nightclub. Yeah. Uh,
1: Don't so- touch my
0: covenant. <laughs> um, the covenant. Oh, Wheezy. I'm so happy we're friends. Um, we both have a covenant. We do have a covenant. I hide stuff in my covenant. It's like nature's pocket. Mm, mine's been closed since 2018. Yeah, well. Locked, sealed. Delivered. I'm not yours. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, so um, so now we're okay. Now we're at Genesis 15, verse one. Um, God tells Abraham what? Don't tell us what a covenant is. So, the covenant, the most important part, the proper, the ceremonious event that occurred. A covenant is super important because it's God's promise. It's it's a, a formalized. This is what you do. This is how I want you to do it put your head down and get to work. That's a covenant. It's God's promise. It's God's promise. Biblically, it's the promise that we will be saved one day. Of course, I'm a Christian. Take that as you will. You know, I can only do this show as me, Brianda. But for me, that's what it means. It's God's promise to us all that we will be saved that we will, and I know when some people say that way like, what the hell does that mean? When I say saved, that we will find that joy, that peace. That I'm trying to secularize what I just said, in case you haven't noticed. Am I doing a good job? I'm really trying here. I'm trying not to like balance to ride the line of not being too preachy, or you know, because I know that I want this show to be universal. So let me know, sound off in the comments if if I'm doing a good job or if you want me to you know, do a better job of secularizing my points. Cause I will, I want to be better. Um, so at this point, God's like Genesis 15, one, do not be afraid. Abram. I am your shield. Your very great reward. Now, this is just a little reminder, a nudge for Abram to, to just to let him know. Remember that promise I gave you at the top half? It's still, it's, we're still greenlit, okay? The pilot has been picked up. Just hold on. We're waiting for it to go to series. Only actors will know what the heck that means, but, um, Abraham goes, I still don't have kids, God. Who do I give it to? Who are we going to give my throne to? The nations that you keep talking about. Blessed be my family. What line? I don't have children. Am I going to give it to Eliezer, my servant? His servant was the homie. His servant was super loyal and great, like, <laughs> Val's laughing but like he he was great and uh god goes no you fool no you are you're going to have a proper air and it's going to be of blood just you wait god goes to abram he goes look up there look at the sky count the stars and abraham looks up and counts the stars this is a huge symbolic moment in the bible he sees so many stars god says how many do you do you see count them there are too many to count. Each one of those stars is every single one of Abraham's descendants. Again, could it be a prophecy? Prophesying? What happens What, what happens in the story of the Bible, the story of Abraham? Maybe, if you choose to believe it, I think it is. Um, this is a very meaty episode, guys. So if you need to pause it, have a snack... So after after the covenant, also, I, it, this happens at chapter 17, but I'm going to push them together for the sake of the story. The way God sanctifies this covenant is by properly changing Abraham's name. He changes it from Abram to Abraham. He changes Sarah's name from Sarah to Sarai. <laughs> they have this sacrificial, like a huge sacrificial, like, moment where they cut animals in half and dance around them blah, blah. and <laughs> and um in in ancient times that means like this is official and then the funnest part he circumcises every man after that is the official that this is what the covenant is like this is the seal
1: that's fun where did they put it you think they got a little waste bin or?
0: listen back then i do not know they probably put it in a stew who knows but listen, that day, Abraham went with Ishmael. Oh, we haven't even gone to there. But um, that's why I said this is chapter 17. But he that day goes to get his dick cut off. Like the second he tells him at like 99, oh, Abraham gets his circumcision. Yeah. With his son, Ishmael.
1: They had no anesthesia.
0: No, nothing. Well, listen. So now. Oh, and this. OK, now we're getting juicy because I just mentioned Ishmael. Did you guys hear me say Ishmael? God, um, Abraham goes after, after God says you, after you are, you and every man after you is to get circumcised. Otherwise you're not, you're not a part of, you've broken the covenant promise. He takes his son, Ishmael. Who, did you hear that? Abraham did have a son. I I fast forwarded, but guess what? This son isn't Sarah's. Therefore, this isn't the promise of Israel. This isn't the promise that God wanted for Abraham. Abraham. Now let me tell you what happened. Sarah was so old and in a state of suffering, she became afraid and impatient with God's promise. So she took matters into her own hands. She tried to find a shortcut. Have you ever done that? Yes. I sure have. Always try to find a shortcut. We all do.
1: I'm trying to figure out how to end this episode early, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. No, you're not! It's a long episode, though, for real. Um, I'm almost done, though. Actually... No, I'm teasing Brianda. The- this is what they want.
0: This is what they want. They said they want it a little bit longer. I'm going to freaking give it to you.
1: Listen, if you guys are listening to this, great. But if you are watching it, you would see that Brianda has 19 butterflies in her hair. <laughs> I you thought this was going to be 23 minutes, you were wrong.
0: No, I have a look, honey. And you guys are going to see it for every single one, okay? Listen, so now we're talking about Sarah and her plans so like i said she became impatient and afraid that the covenant wasn't gonna be fulfilled because she couldn't bear children how long was she gonna have to wait god have you ever have we ever been that impatient like how long do i have to wait for my thing to happen for my career to kick off for like college to be over for like whatever like that thing like oh that's what happened so sarah has a slave named hagar who she acquired when she was uh, in egypt when the, the pharaoh probably gave it to her or something and she says, Hagar, you are to sleep with my 100-year-old husband and have his babies, period. And at that time, of course, remember when I said laws of hermeneutics? Descriptive, not prescriptive. In this case, what Sarah's doing is totally foul. When you read stuff like this in the Bible, and it happens often, especially with women in misogyny, try not to think of it as it, they're prescribing you to do something. They're, they're, you know what I'm saying? No, they're just describing what occurred. Sarah gave a huge boo-boo. This was not okay. So anyways, Abraham bones Hagar, and they have a baby. That baby's name is Ishmael, later known as, like, father of the Ishmaelites. Like, he ends up having other things. But he's not Sarah's kid. And God was so displeased. Sarah then goes to Abraham and is like, you know what? Now she's pregnant and now I'm mad. So she, her, her plan didn't even make her happy. At the end of the day, when you find shortcuts, the shortcuts don't even make you happy at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So then Abraham tells Sarah, listen, do whatever you want with her. This isn't my problem. This was your idea. Hagar becomes so pained and so tired of Sarah's bullying, arrogance, Um, her violence you know hagar ends up leaving hagar leaves uh she goes off to a desert with no resources no nothing she's poor she basically goes there to die basically like she doesn't know what to do and in her weakness in her weakest state an angel shows up an angel wheezy baby like you're my i feel like you're my angel for my for my career
1: like today, I'm wearing white. It's so virginal.
0: No, Weezy. When I think of you, that's what I think. Something, something of angel. I'm not being. I'm not being silly. I mean that. What you've done for me, I'll never forget oh, it.
1: Be stopping.
0: No, what you've done for me is crazy. But anywho, what
1: a great episode. We talked about you getting stuff like your <laughs> boobies, and now I'm an angel. I almost joined a cult.
0: So anywho, Hagar's in the desert, hungry, tired, pregnant. God shows up. It's not God. Let me say this: It was an angel. It's in in the in the Bible. It says the angel, mm. the angel of God, of angel the Lord.
1: angel of mine.
0: No, but normally they say an angel, but in this case, it's the angel of the Lord. Do you want to know what the difference is? Yeah, for like
1: the, the, the listen. Most important, like the the bad bitch.
0: Let me uh, sorta. Okay. So when you see the angel of the Lord in the Bible, as opposed to an angel of the Lord in the Bible. That the signifies that this isn't just no regular, no regular degular. That the means that this could potentially be God incarnate, like pre-incarnate, which again, Christian, Christian, when any Christian that reads that, sees that and they go, oh, this is Jesus. Like, this is Jesus pre, pre, like pre-incarnate. Now, of course, not everyone has my same life experiences. Not everyone has, you know, taken christianity as their like philosophical spiritual system but in any case that the and the an still is signifies that this is not just some regular this is god in a human flesh and this man goes up to hagar and says oh my god I, this is one of my favorite verse verses in the bible but let me get the number i believe it's it's genesis 17 wait hold on I can find please, 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 please. I need to get this right. If I don't get this right, I'll be remissed. Listen, I'm just gonna give you guys a little commercial break here. All right, nipple showing
1: review this podcast. Brianta needs some rating and reviews. Give her five stars. And when you're in the comments on the Apple section, please let her know what you want to hear about next while she is looking
0: aimlessly for the
1: notes on jesus
0: i take so many notes for this show <laughs> i want it to be good so good
1: well if you're watching on youtube as you can see is uh, uh, i wish i could zoom in but i can't brianda looks like she has a late paper due and a teacher <laughs> says if you don't find it in five
0: minutes that's it. i got it i got it i got it wait did i just put it down i just had it here i got it <laughs> just kidding so Back into the story, because this is my favorite, 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 favorite. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. And oftentimes people don't talk about it, but it shook me to the core the first time. Nipple check. How are my nipples? Good. Alex, do something with that. They're good ones. Amazing. Genesis 16, verse 8. The angel says, where have you come from and where are you going? Like, Slave woman Hagar, where are you, where do you come from, and where are you going? <sighs> oh, if you feel that, please say something. Pause the video. Pause it. Pa- pa- I mean, pause the video. Pause the. I whatever. If you're on Spotify, Apple, like, what is God saying there, and why would God ever ask someone, where do you come from, and where are you going? God knows. God knows exactly where she came from and where she's going.
1: He be knowing it. He be knowing everything, girl. Why? Yeah.
0: Well, he asks Hagar this so that she has a moment to reflect on. I don't even know what to say there. So for me, when God asks Hagar this question, He's asking her, why don't you trust me? Just as simple as that. Reveal your heart to me and tell me why you don't trust me. And of course, she sees it. God's in front of her and she reveals her story to him. And he tells her, you're going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to take care of that baby inside of you. That I know that baby isn't, isn't the baby that Abraham is in wedlock, and I understand that. I understand your predicament right now. But I'm going to take care of you, and I need you to trust me. So when he asks Hagar, where, where do you come from and where are you going? Like, if, I, if, if you know that, why do you doubt? And other people may have different interpretations of what that means. But man, that one shakes me to my core. Anywho, after this interaction, God tells Hagar to go back. Listen, trust me, just give birth to the baby. You're gonna name him Ishmael, but go back. This is, I'm gonna take care of you. So Hagar ends up going back. She goes back, and guess what? Ain't ish changed back there. Sarah's still a bitch. <laughs> Abram's still a cuck. They are like, but guess what? Though her surroundings haven't changed, Hagar's heart has changed. All she needed was to feel and experience the presence of God, to feel better about her predicament, because she had God's promise that things were going to be better for her. Sometimes all you need is that hope, that little promise. Perspective, right? Like, perspective is everything. And in this case, that was displayed here. And it's one of my favorite parts of the story of Abraham and a hand Hagar winding down the episode, this whole episode, we've got so many sins, so many lies, adultery, Abraham and Sarah are half siblings. That much was true. They actually were siblings, but they weren't like brother and sister. They were half brother and sister. You've got deceit. You've got going against God's covenant. I'm talking about flawed, flawed characters here. But in this in this wrap up of this current episode, I want to I just want to say that the thing that affects God's promises the most negatively are when we act out of fear and impatience. Nothing was a better example of that than with Sarah. I mean, think about it. Because of Sarah's meddling, right? Ishmael was born, which is could be a blessing, right? I mean, Ishmael ended up being Some say a descendant of Muhammad, which is a prophet in the religion Islam, major, but because of Sarah's fear and impatience, even today, to this day, there are wars, wars with Jewish people and Muslims. I say that's all because of Sarah's mistake, a 4,000-year-old war because of one person's mistake. Mm. Sarah, you know? Sarah, uh, Sarah, whatever, you know, exactly. Moral of the story is, God always fulfills his promises. And when we go against them, we're just resisting what's been, what's for us. God fulfills promises, period. God sees he's merciful. Even after Abraham and Sarah sin, God keeps his promise to them. So we know and see that God is sovereign. The Hagar, Hagar, Hagar in Spanish, the Hagar story teaches us that God sees us even when we aren't the main character in the story. Hagar is like the side, 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 side piece. She's not even side piece. She's like the side piece's slave. And he still promises her her, her major things. He doesn't let anything on the stovetop burn or undercook. He's got it under control. His love is boundless and limitless. I don't know. I don't want to read. You know what? And who knows? Maybe God's promises and our trust in his promises are all we need. We don't need the tangible stuff when we have that. Maybe. Or maybe I'm lying. Maybe we do need it. Who knows? Sound off in the comments. I'm not a preacher, and I don't want to act like I know all the answers because I don't. But from listening to the stories, I'm just sure. I'm just sure. Fight me. Hey, Jesus. Oh, thank you. I really tried my best, you know. I know it's a tough and involved story. You didn't want me to mention that they were siblings, but it's in the book. Okay. I love you too. And he loves you too. Oh, yeah, these are butterflies. He's doing. Uh-uh, did he see mine? Hey, Jesus, can you see me? Okay? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, he says that they look tacky. Oh. (laughs) We'll do better next time. See you guys. Listen to the next episode. Bye. -bye. Oh, my cellulite.